diplomatics. We've heard some good words this morning from Sister June and, and others that have spoken um, with our new man and our new life. There's a lot to be obtained. But I wanted to say, um, when we desire to obtain things, it's not for ourselves. It's that the Lord would receive glory. And when we keep that in the back of our minds, we do see things from a different, a different viewpoint. So this morning I'd like to speak about drawing nigh unto God. Uh, welcome to those that are joining us on live stream. It is a, a great blessing and uh, very pleasing to God that his people can fellowship uh, wherever we are. And we are in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Yes. yes. Um, so I ask the Lord for a measure of grace to minister these words to you this morning. Now, when we draw nigh to something, we come near or we come close or approach. Nigh is often used in the King James Version of the Bible, but most newer translations have changed the word to near. And uh, I, I prefer nigh. To me, it suggests more of a sense of familiarity and intimacy and a closeness of spirit and heart and even perhaps a sense of expectation and things that we know of that are inevitable. So in God's word, draw can have many meanings, but frequently it is used to, uh, as follows, to cause to move in a particular direction by or as if by. A pulling force. This is appropriate as we are brought to God through Jesus Christ. We have been predestined to be drawn to him. We have in the first instance already been effectually drawn nigh unto God when we first came to Jesus Christ. In John fourteen twenty three, Jesus tells us, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. What a, a glorious thing that is. And he ever makes the invitation, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Once we have come to Christ, there is a greater force present within, and as we walk in the Spirit, God provides for us to draw nigh unto him. It is a blessing we have received according to his grace. And we cannot in our own strength draw nigh no purpose to draw nigh unto God. We do not draw nigh through works. Now, God, of course, is omnipresent. As persons, we are never away from him. Drawing nigh, then, is not a physical act. It's an invisible response of our hearts. It is not us moving from one place to another, but a directing of our hearts into the presence of God. The old Puritans called it communion with God, and we sang a hymn today where one of the lines talked about communion with God. But very little is said about that in today's church, yet God holds the store of communion constantly open to all believers. And with reverence, we can confidently and boldly draw nigh unto God. It is his will for us that he be approached. In fact, he desires us to be as close to him as we possibly can be. This is our salvation. When we are fully in his presence, we are home and at rest. Mrs. Morris wrote the words our beloved, of our beloved hymn. She said, nearer, still nearer, close to my heart. 
Draw me, my Savior, so precious thou art. Fold me, oh, fold me close to thy breast. Shelter me safe in that haven of rest. Shelter me safe in that haven of rest. I don't believe we can ever be too close to God. His holiness will not consume us, but it will thrill us. The light of his countenance warms us, and we have no need to hide our face. God, by his grace, has made it abundantly clear for us to draw nigh. He tells us how he will draw us nigh. He has made the way, and he has provided the means. God has given us many reasons why he wants us nigh. There is a clue in Psalm 73, verse 28, where David, a man after God's own heart, wrote the following, But it is good for me to draw nigh to God. I have put my trust in the Lord, that I may declare all thy works. It is good, brethren, to draw nigh, as a child is drawn close to the Father, And within our heart is a desire to be drawn nigh because he wants our welfare. Surely being close to God is the safest place we can ever be. One commentator put it this way. We carry our small empty pitchers to that great spring that is always flowing with waters ever sweet and clear. God also adjures us to draw nigh so we are obedient to do so. And he calls us to be laborers with him to do his perfect will. As we have read, we are laborers together with God. However, there is also divine propriety. It is not to be expected that God will dispense his favor to waters, while in our heart we prefer to remain at a distance from him. But none, believing in Christ and having a sincere and humble spirit who draw nigh unto God, will find him unwilling to bestow on them the many blessings of salvation. Brother James proclaims this in perhaps the most oft-quoted draw-nigh text of Scripture. He said, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. But this text taken from James chapter 4, verse 8, is not the whole story. And we shall see that this requires some responsibility on our parts. As James wrote, Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And there is more, because this instruction is in the midst of James' strong words concerning the worldly behavior of some in the Christian community, including those, primarily the Jews, who draw nigh unto God with their mouths, that is, according to the law, but not with their hearts or according to knowledge. In these verses, James also exhorts his listeners to be humble as a condition for attaining a cure for their worldliness. He says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God and humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So there is something glorious in here for those with a sincere heart. James tells us when we draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto you. He will raise the scepter of the kingdom, his scepter of righteousness. And under the conditions God has set forth, he will come close to you. This, brethren, is the heart of the matter. What a glorious truth this is. 
Centuries before, King David understood some of these things that are since revealed to us in the gospel. As he tells God, I will wash mine hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord. And he wrote, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. If in drawing nigh unto God we are to receive all of his reward, our hearts are to contain a fervent desire and purpose to wash ourselves from all iniquity and to put away transgressions. So we set our affections on things above, not on things on the earth, and in all things seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, brethren, it must be said to attain unto godliness, it is not sufficient for us to remain situated at the same distance from him as we were yesterday. Notice how God says, draw nigh, even if we thought we already were close. If we are not nigh unto God, we are distant from him. Our desire is for a closeness that makes it possible for us to abide in him. Drawing nigh is how we enter God's presence so he can take more of us in, unto himself. We desire these things in order to know God and to be like him. Brethren, we do not want to arrive in heaven unacquainted with God. Brother Paul illustrates this truth in unparalleled manner in his words to the brethren in Philippi. He wrote, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And of course, God is well aware of our weaknesses and the craftiness of the prince of this world. Mm -hmm. If we possess less than an, uh, than an ardent desire to draw nigh unto God, we face a very real danger of a weakened state that exposes us to Satan's devices, which he is quick to employ in efforts to separate us from our Lord. God throughout the ages has made provision for his people to draw nigh. Moses reminded his people that God had provided a way for them to approach him by his word and later a priesthood. As Moses told them, but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. David, who of all the ancients best understood the blessings of drawing nigh unto God according to knowledge, proclaimed, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Yet Israel as a nation continued to love God not according to their hearts, not according to knowledge. Their hearts could not dry, draw nigh unto him. And Brother Paul, in his letter to the church in Rome, pleads for the Jews that they may see the truth. As he repeats the words of Moses, we just heard. Brother Paul said, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, yeah. even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Yeah. That is the word of faith which we preach. Mm -hmm. Neither also, as James' letter tells us, will God permit unrepentant sinners to draw nigh unto him. Knowing this too, King David wrote, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And in Psalm 24, David sang the following, Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? 
or who shall stand in his holy place? The answer is he that with clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. And the double-minded, those who ask without faith, and those who profess godliness, but whose hearts are full of lust, unworldly ambitions, will not be received by God. Our Lord in Genesaret warned of such things among the Pharisees and scribes in his generation when he spoke the words of Isaiah, which Matthew has recorded. He wrote, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. These same conditions of unbelief and those who draw, draw nigh unto God with their mouths, but not with their hearts, exist among many in our generation. Such do not walk in the Spirit, and God will not permit them, while in this posture, to draw nigh unto him. But let us now consider this glorious truth declared by Paul in his letter to the church at Ephesus, and he said, But now in Christ Jesus ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Brethren, each one of us, when we first believed, when we first chose life, were drawn nigh unto God. Perhaps not very close formally, but infinitely closer than we in our sins and unbelief once were. And thus we were positioned for the Spirit to lead us to draw ever more nigh unto him. Our hope in Christ provokes in us a desire to see and know God more clearly, and we are thus able to draw nigh unto him through the intercession of our Savior. When we are led to draw nigh unto God, he receives us, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus Christ is. And because of our heart's desire and Jesus' person, God draws nigh unto us. What a glorious truth Amen. this is. Brethren, for those who have a sincere heart, there is no limit to the drawing nigh Amen. in which the Spirit will call us. The writer to the Hebrews says it best. Let us draw nigh with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. When we draw nigh unto God, we are entering a holy place. As we have read, the Spirit does not lead us to draw nigh in a condition of flippancy or carelessness, but with a heart of passion for Him. Yeah. Then let us partake in this with zeal, with that same fervor and devotion experienced by the two disciples on the way to Emmaus when they encountered our risen Savior and described by Brother Luke. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he taught with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures? As we draw nigh unto God, we are ready to labor together with him to do his will for us. He has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, and this includes all provision we need in order to draw closer to him. And we can confidently expect that he will receive us and draw us nigh. So we continually seek to please God, and we continually receive grace to draw nigh 
as we walk in the Spirit, keeping his commandments in such things as being obedient to his word, expressing our love for him, glorifying him with praise and thanksgiving and abiding in him. Brethren, these kingdom realities are not to be taken as a prescription or a formula by which we might obtain more grace to draw closer to God. We already have that in Jesus Christ. Far from it, they are outward expressions of our Godward intentions and our love for him and the brethren. And they evidence a sensitivity to the means by which we appropriate kingdom benefits, which means our holiness, obedience, and self-denial. And because of these things, we desire to draw nigh unto him with joy and thanksgiving. We say, use me, Lord, I am yours, and we labor together with him for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. And we draw nigh with boldness and confidence as the writer to the Hebrews exhorts us. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, brethren, now is the time to draw nigh unto God. Some may think it is for us to draw nigh unto him only when we have perhaps brought about his displeasure, perhaps when we are under the tempter's attack, when our relationship with God perhaps has waxed dim, when we are feeling as if our blessings have of late been less abundant, or perhaps when we tell ourselves, it's time I learned more about God. Indeed, these may be very good reasons for prayer and supplication for him to draw us closer to himself. However, God does not place restrictions on the times when we are led to draw nigh unto him. He does not say, only if you are thus and so far from me, draw nearer. He does not say, only if you are discouraged, draw nigh. He doesn't say, draw close to me, only when the world threatens. The Spirit purposes in us and leads us to draw nigh continually. It is alike, indeed, it is a necessary component of the race of which Brother Paul speaks. We are always in it until that blessed day when we finally will bow our knee before his throne. Brothers and sisters, at that moment, we will in every way be near to him. And drawing nigh, we must do in order to firmly lay hold on the promised life everlasting. And Christ, the source of our hope, gave us the way, as it was told to the Hebrews. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. God's desire for us to let him draw us nigh unto himself is a mark of his abundant grace and mercy and love for us. And when we truly submit to him through Christ, his will be done, and he will draw nigh unto us. It is one of the highest blessings that our Lord has bestowed upon all those who believe. It is a great privilege for the saints. He has revealed very clearly in his word his preference in regard to these things. As God draws nigh unto us, we may apprehend great increases in faith, his peace that passes all understanding, 
and renewed hope. We can expect to be greatly rewarded when we labor together with God to extend ourselves in this manner. Brother Mark's account of the one sick of the palsy comes to mind. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. Brethren, we will purpose to remove all barriers in our hearts and minds that might interfere with our nearness to the Lord. And he will increase us by demonstrating his love for us in many ways. He places in us increased love for him and the brethren and increased desire to know him and to be like him. We are better able to discern his will for us. We experience answered prayer. We become more aware of his presence in our lives. We resist the attacks of the evil one. And as we are drawn closer to the Lord, the further away the world becomes. And as the hymnist so beautifully wrote, when we turn our eyes upon him and look fully upon his wonderful face, the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. These things given to his children are indeed wonderful and precious that none can explain using the world's wisdom. Brothers and sisters, these blessings testify of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is God manifesting his goodness and love toward us and the spirit working in our life as we serve the body of Christ. When God adds these things to us, we can contend against the law of sin and death. Brethren, there are Canaanites in the land. Let us drive them out as we take hold on these riches of his grace. Two, when we draw nigh unto him, we are positioned to reason with God and better do his will. All these things are needful for life. And we obtain joy. Drawing nigh makes God's countenance to shine upon us. Brother Peter, preaching to the crowd in Jerusalem, proclaimed King David's words concerning the Lord. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, and thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. And in Fanny Crosby's hymn, Draw Me Nearer, we sing, I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. So this evening, brethren, this is my message to the saints. When we submit to God, our pursuit of nearness to him is successful because he is ever seeking to make himself known to his children. Thus we labor together with him, and our joy is found in doing his will regarding these things. The means is made available to us, so let us desire to boldly draw nigh unto him to receive his blessings. And let us pray earnestly for increased awareness of his presence in our life. The effort we purpose to partake in these things is always profitable. And we give thanks and all glory redounds to God. Brother Paul told us but we all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, surely this is what we desire. 
recognizing his presence, spending much time in it. And as we gaze on him, we reflect back more and more of his image until it is fully formed in us. So, knowing that God has already planned and opened the way for us to do so by his Son, Jesus Christ, let us allow our hearts continually to be led by the Spirit to draw nigh unto him with a sincere heart, anticipating in his blessings toward us and receiving them with thanksgiving to the honor and glory of his name. Our prize will be the full knowledge of him and knowledge he has forever desired for us to attain and possess. So, brethren, I'm sure you have already apprehended these things, but it is good to be reminded. I pray some of you have found uh, this profitable. Drawing nigh unto God is not a solution to the problems of this life, nor a selfish obligation toward it, but it is a divine gift we have received by Christ's perfect sacrifice, whereby we may obtain a more abundant life, even unto life everlasting. Finally, brothers and sisters, I leave you with one of our Lord's most glorious promises. He said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Amen and praise God. Amen.